Hey, I'm Daniel Spear. And I'm James Suazo. And you're listening to Long Beach Achievement, a podcast presented in collaboration with Forth.org. It is a truth universally acknowledged that the only ethical consumption under capitalism is cheesement. Is that your Hunger Games voice? <laughs> it was like, like my <laughs> old Victorian teacher voice. So Victorian teacher? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Dickensian, perhaps? Yeah. Okay. What's up? I I am so excited. <laughs> You're excited? I'm, you know what? You're I'm shocking everyone because we have yet to do an episode on public education. Can mm, you believe that? I, yeah, you know. There's just so much to cover. There is a lot. There's a lot of cheese made to dig in. There's a lot. City. And we only have the energy to do so many episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're finally touching on public education okay. in Long Beach. I'm super excited. Great. This is going to be way more than the drama in your average high school musical. Gotcha. Um, I'm also really Really excited for your this. average high school. Your musical. average high school musical. Okay, good. Yeah. More than two, three, four. How many? There were four, right? I don't know, girl. <laughs> I'm also excited because I was there for this story. Oh. So I'm like firsthand witness trauma. There how? There like you were like, I was a in it. student. I, I am in this story. You were in as you... like a character hero, if, a you, hero, will. if you will. <laughs> okay. Okay, I believe it. Yeah. Sure. We'll talk about that. We'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna talk about the time that the Long Beach Unified School District got caught red-handed. Red-handed. Robbing its most disadvantaged students. Oof. Yeah. So Oof. this story is about the misuse of state money that was supposed to be used for high-need students. Ah. And this was exposed by parents, community organizations, and legal advocates who filed complaints against the district. And the outcome, yeah, the outcome yeah. was historic for several reasons that we're going to get into it. Okay. So. Cool. Sounds like roses. Sounds like everybody, everything was above board. Everybody's favorite telenovela. It's great. So this story is about many things, among them the importance of parent engagement and vigilance in the governance of public education. Mm -hmm. And of course, the cuts, right? Like all of the cuts to public education that happened. Yeah. Um, and I'm a public education girly. So this is a story that's close to my heart. I'm a product of public education. As am I. As yeah. am I. Both my parents are teachers in the San Diego Unified School District. Oh, love that. My mom was a principal and my dad was a counselor. And before that, my dad was a Spanish teacher. And then my mom did elementary school teaching. And now you have your PhD, right? And now I, it took me five years to get a comm degree. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> Oopsies. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Public, and I, and yeah. I play I publicly play the dumb guy on a podcast. So yeah. public education. Yeah, everything's coming up Daniel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I you know, this is it's important because I think to me, uh like oh, so many of my teachers and counselors knew they were like, You're one of the good ones, like you gotta get out and you got a future, right? That's, and I think that's often the narrative yeah. in public education. But we're gonna talk about we're gonna get into it, right? Yeah. All this stuff. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that this touches upon another common theme of the pod, which, you know, surprising no one, mm -hmm. it, which is how powerful institutions deny, lie, and manipulate the public to protect themselves rather than those they are meant to serve. Has that come up before in our podcast? I think I want to mention it like once or twice in a tangent. Know. It sounds vague. We should explore it. Definitely I don't know in her. The future. I don't want to know her. <laughs> she could be far away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's start. Okay. In the 70s. In the 70s? All We're right. We're going to start in the 70s. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So before 1978, public schools in California okay. were largely funded through property taxes. Okay, yes. 
That yes, you remember sense. this, right? I feel like I've been told that. You've been you've heard. I don't know somewhere. this mystical world, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what that meant was that local school districts had the power to set their own tax levels, and they were actually like able to meet their needs. And the state helped poorer districts with state funding. So they mm. kind of like stepped in because they're like, hey, you need a little extra help, right? Sure. But it was a lot of local kind of stuff happening. Sure, sure, sure. That all changed with the passage of Proposition 13, which severely capped property taxes, much to the benefit of older, wealthier, and whiter homeowners and business owners. Yeah. Right? Um, You know, Prop 13, we all know it, uh, championed by the Howard Jarvis Tax uh, Association. Girl. It was was a whole thing. Tax revolt. Drawing a blank. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I don't know shit. So the campaign for this referendum had a lot of xenophobic and racist overtones at a time when immigration in California mm. was increasing, particularly among Latinos and Asians. Late, so, so this is the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Who's the governor? Is it Reagan? The governor at the time for this is Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown. Yeah. So after the passage of Prop 13, the burden of school funding shifted solely to the state and federal government. Okay. So over the decades, these funding streams and formulas became super complicated, restricted, and varied widely by district. So mm. that kind of set up for this like huge inequity that we all kind of like are familiar with today yeah. and in the California. Pr- the property tax method was not... That had inequity too, didn't it? Oh, like yeah. Inherently, and, and, right? and Prop 13 also changed the way new taxes came into being. It required higher thresholds instead of a majority, you needed two thirds. So the whole idea was like, we want to make it as difficult and as thought, possible mm-hmm. in the future for, you know, people to actually get help from the government. Yeah, for people to pay their share too. Because that's my tax dollars. <sighs> So, and because of historic reasons like redlining, school Mm -hmm. funding levels became inadequate to address the overall student needs, Mm -hmm. and particularly, of course, in predominantly black and brown schools, right? Mm -hmm. Fast forward to the 2008 recession, California was 46 out of 50 states in per-pupil funding and dead last to -to adult-to-student ratios. Dead last. Like, you know, people talk about, you think about in the 70s in this time where it's like, oh, all of these, you know, black and brown people who are coming in to, like, take your jobs or whatever, this is going to be our way to help solve everything. Mm -hmm. And then you fast forward to this point where I it's remember like, it being like there's like 35 kids to one teacher or whatever yeah. and now I'm assuming it's only gotten worse right like it kind of up and down we'll talk a little bit about it okay. yeah so overall systemically back to our story right to mm-hmm. try to address these problems the California legislature and our buddy we just talked about governor Jerry Brown mm-hmm. governor mm-hmm. moonbeam his in his second term governor I will say moonbeam. we talked about it earlier in the 70s that was his first term that was his first term Jerry Brown came back if you recall he always does yep he always came back <laughs> <laughs> um, we love a good comeback story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the legislature and Jerry Brown enacted what's called the Local Control Funding Formula in 2013, or LCFF for short. So the Local Control Funding Formula law was meant to simplify school financing, mm. increase funding for high-need students, mm. and overall like improve transparency and accountability about how money gets spent in schools. So Michael Kirst, who was the president of the State Board of Education at the time, was quoted as saying, California's LCFF law will create, quote, one of the most radically equalized education financing systems in the country. Wow. Go big or go home, right? What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) So one aspect of this law was that it created a pot of money that would go to districts based on how many high-need students they had and specifically meant to be spent on resources for those students. Okay. So like for LBOSD, for instance, this is like upwards of 100 million dollars that they did not have before. Okay. So like every every district obviously gets money from the state. Sure. But based on these formulas and depending on how many high need students there were, mm. districts got additional dollars um, on top of that. And that funding had to be spent for those students. I'm 
I'm saying I'm like the meme right now with the girl and the complicated <laughs> like the math sheet. What is what considers a high need student? That's like, a great question. The, <laughs> that's a great question. That wow, mean, yeah. I, I didn't even share my outline with you. <laughs> Read that through. So high need students. The state yeah. defined high need students as foster students, okay. low income students, sure. homeless youth, and mm. English language learners. Gotcha. So you know, obviously, among those four populations, right? Those are student populations where extra support would be needed. They've got extra know. hurdles. Right. Yeah, sure. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Equity. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> we all have different starting points. Yeah, sure. So the law also requires... E- sorry, equity has just been struck down by the Supreme Court. I just want to... I just got that notification right now. Well, <laughs> luckily... <laughs> <laughs> so the law also requires local school districts to publish detailed and re- complex reports annually about how the money is being spent. Mm. And then just so you know, these mm. plans and reports need to get approved by county education offices before mm. they head over to the state. So the point is that there's like a lot of layers of accountability, right? Okay. And that's where our story takes off. That's where it starts? Yeah. Girl, we're minutes. I give you. I give <laughs> <laughs> that's where it begins. <laughs> so, LCFF is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, they got more money for yes. these students and highlighted things. See, but the thing is, the I'm... local control doesn't really go as planned. What? So first, some districts used the money for security and police in the name of school climate. Tight. <laughs> we love tight, that. Tight, tight, tight. So, so for instance. Sick. The Fuck s- yeah. <laughs> Dude, riot shields on campus? And remember, oh, oh, oh hold on to your, hold, yeah, hold on to your chonies. Oh so God. remember, the funds had to be principally spent for high-need students, right? So yeah. this is directly So we have them. to put cops there. We had to. <laughs> so for instance, that the, kid's homeless. The, we need a cop there. <laughs> the Stockton Unified School District, which Ooh. in this district, 88% of the students are considered disadvantaged. Ooh. High needs, right? Ooh. Like it's huge, yeah. right? The first go-around in this law, they invested more than $2 million LCFF dollars for its own sworn police officers, adjunct safety officers, oh, an alarm God. system, a crime data analyst, Whoa. and a bilingual canine officer and dog. Whoa, the dog speaks Spanish? But that's what I'm assuming. It's <laughs> <laughs> not the way this is. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, for, for $2 million, yeah. you can get a dog that speaks English and Spanish. Pon tus manos para arriba. <laughs> So, and remember this, I don't know if you remember, but this is the same school police force that put zip ties around the hands and feet of a five-year-old after an officer got involved in a discipline issue. So Okay, it's like, but what was the five-year-old doing? Okay, <laughs> that's what I want to know. No, Did he have, we were the Lincoln Logs he was playing with at attack mode, okay, dude? Fucking. He ate too much of the Play-Doh. He ate too much of the Play-Doh, yeah. dude, and Which, you I mean, know, listen, who, who's among us? It's a slippery slope, man. Play-Doh now, Play-Doh cocaine is, tomorrow. Yep, next, Play-Doh's going to be gateway drug exactly exactly (laughs) wow what a cool school Um, district (laughs) oakland school district uh for example they also spent um almost 4.4 million in funding for quote disadvantaged students on security officers at Mm. certain schools Mm. you know their district also 78 percent disadvantaged um Mm. very similar kind of statistics um, That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot, right? Yeah. And it's all framed as like school climate of like student safety and blah, 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 right? The and vibe. <laughs> yeah. So second, uh, so that wasn't the only thing. There was like a couple instances of that. Isn't that like a self-fulfilling prophecy, especially when you're talking about a school district? Is this K through 12? Oh, yeah. Assuming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's a range. Also, just to be clear, police officers have no place on campus. No. 
They, they do not. No, they have absolutely no place. No place. And right. it is like a, it's like, I, you should, I was, I worked with adults with disabilities. You are able to deescalate. It's a huge thing yeah. about training and cops don't know how to do that. And the answer isn't to give teachers guns either. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Just yeah, yeah, to be yeah. super clear about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the other challenge that came out with LCFF is that many districts within the first two years of LCFF funds were using them to pay teacher salaries and pensions across the board, mm. right? So this drew a lot of frustration from lawmakers because they were like, this isn't what we meant, because they didn't see across the board increases as directly helping disadvantaged students, right? Equity, right, is about like, hey, yeah, look yeah, at where yeah, the yeah. need is. Yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah. target that. Yeah, sure. And this was all like, everybody in the district gets okay, this. Okay, okay. Right? Which is like equality. Sure, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. not what the law was. I get it, I right? get it. I see, I see. So enters um, Tom Torlakson, who is the state superintendent Tom of Torlickson? public instruction at the time. Tom, Tom Torlakson. Tor that sounds like a Marvel character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? He might look like a Marvel character. Yeah, yeah he? he okay. might. I don't know. Um, well, in this instance, we're going to call him Daddy Torlakson. So. <laughs> So Daddy Torlakson steps in in 2015 and writes a memo basically saying districts can use the funds across the board for salaries if the district has difficulties recruiting, hiring, and retaining qualified staff, and if they can link the increases to better student services. So, so they have to do a little report. They have to do, which they already do the reporting, yeah, right? But they were just like, basically saying like, teachers, you know, um, work with high need students. So therefore, we're going to put all the money towards their salaries and pensions. Yeah. And so he steps in, he's like, okay, well, I get you can do that, but it has to be like certain criteria. Okay. Like, obviously like, hey, let's be real. In certain districts, like it's harder to retain teachers, yes. right? Yeah, absolutely. So like if your district has a hard time retaining teachers for whatever reason. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah. We want to keep good teachers. So the key to all of this is that it needs to be demonstrated in those annual plans and reports that the district's got to publish, right? Um, their school boards adopt known, and this is known as the Local Control Accountability Plan, or LCAP for short. Okay. So LCFF is the law. LCAP is the thing that the districts have to do every year to okay. get the LCFF funds. Gotcha. All right. If they want to use the funds for like salaries and stuff. For every, well, no matter how, oh, no, no matter, matter what. Okay. Every, yeah, got no matter. It. It's got like it. basically approving a budget. Sure. Yeah. Gotcha. So as you can probably imagine, Long Beach is not immune in these instances. So if you don't know, LBOSD is self-proclaimed, yeah. quote, one of America's best urban school districts. Oh, okay. Well, if they say that. <laughs> then, mm. then it must be true. Yeah, 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 right? So I actually went on their website just to be like, what can I also find? Mm -hmm. This is straight from their About, about Us website. Mm. LBUSD is one of the world's top 20 school systems and one of the top three in the U.S. Mm. in terms of sustained and significant improvements, according to a study and report conducted by McKinsey and Company. It feels like there's a lot of criteria, <laughs> a lot of asterisks on that. Okay, well, also, <laughs> if you don't know, McKinsey and Company, uh -oh. the company that Pete Buttigieg worked for when Oop. he was fixing bread prices in Canada? Oop. Oop. <laughs> yeah. You remember that video that was going around? I think it was like New York Times. He would, Pete Buttigieg was doing an editorial interview and the guy was like, well, what what about your time with McKinsey? Mm. And he was like, oh, you know, I wasn't. There were a lot of people I really were. And the guy just like dead ass was like, you were fixing bread prices. Whoa. I haven't seen that. Yeah. No, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, McKinsey is this like management consulting firm. Gotcha. Where they just like, you know, oftentimes will come into these like corporations or institutions and write the fluffy thing where it's like, yeah. hey, look, you can say how cool you are. <sighs> or like in this instance in Canada, they did this like inflated study of like, like prices in grocery stores and they Ooh. were absolutely they were caught fixing bread prices wow. which is deeply fucked up wow yeah okay so anyway 
So yeah, that, that McKinsey is saying LBUSD is one of the top three in the U.S. Gotcha. Um, just to give you some context as to how big of a deal LBUSD is, there are 65,500 students in LBUSD across 84 public schools. Um, it's also just not Long Beach. It's also Lakewood, Signal Hill, oh, and okay. Avalon on Catalina Island. That checks out. Yeah, yeah. so it's a, it's a big district. That is a huge district. They employ 12,000 full-time and part-time employees. Mm-hmm. It's the, the school district's the largest employer in Long Beach. Oh, in the city. Um, LBUSD is also the fourth largest school district in California and one of the most diverse student bodies across the state. Okay. So that's all the stuff you'll hear, right? Yeah, yeah, In yeah. reality. That's on the pamphlet. Right? That's on the pamphlet, right? <laughs> and the reality is that in Long Beach, 69% of the student population is considered disadvantaged by LCFF standards, Ooh. right? So still pretty high comparative to like when I talked about Oakland and Stockland, Stockton. Stockton earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 69%. Um, in 2016, for instance, only 37% of low-income students in LBUSD met or exceeded the English language arts standards. Okay. And only 28% met or exceeded the state standards in math. Which standardized testing is a flawed metric, but it's- It metric, is a flawed metric. It's the metric we have. Right. Yeah. It, is a, it is a flawed metric. You know, obviously it's like teaching to the test, right? Right, right. But in the reality, like if students in, can't even meet these basic standards, right? Like there's some real challenges There's here. some other stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. White students in LBUSD are four more times more likely than their African-American and Latino counterparts to be meeting the state academic standards. Mm. Um, and it's so, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Um, in fact, and it's not just that, like going back to kind of school climate, we talked about that before, right? Mm. In 2016, parents, students, and legal advocates found out that Black and special education students in LBUSD were disproportionately suspended from school well beyond the rates of any other groups and then eventually pushed out to alternative schools, like continuation schools. This feels true. I, I feel like even though even a cursory knowledge of the public yeah. education system in America can give you like, yeah, that's the, that sounds right. So they actually ran numbers. They like did public records requests and ran numbers to get some of this uh, suspension and expulsion data. Huh. They found that black students were almost 14 times more likely to be suspended than their white peers. Jesus. And Latinos and Pacific Islanders are four times more likely to be suspended than white students. I mean, just like, and and I think that's important to say because in a, LBOC has had a long history. I think that there's some changes now that are happening, which is great, but there's a long history of like not wanting to talk about race. Yeah. And just like, I mean, there, a previous school board member was quoted saying like, implicit bias isn't real. Like, how can you prove that? It's fake. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude, I don't know. So it reminds me of the thing that came out about half of like med students thought that people with dark skin feel pain differently than people mm. with white skin. Like, I remember all, that. There's all these sorts of things that like you're raised to believe are like, no, this is where it's egalitarian or like yeah. it's a good thing that these yeah. folks are, the right people are there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No. Um, the other thing to know about LBUSD is they also have a history of being trendsetters. So. <laughs> LBUSD was the first public school system in the U.S. I actually didn't know this. They were the first school system in the U.S. to require uniforms in kindergarten through eighth grade. Okay. They were the first to require any third grader reading below grade level to attend mandatory summer school. Okay. And they were the first school district to end social promotion, which is basically what? like yeah. when a kid like in third grade, they're like, oh my gosh, they're so smart. They're going to skip right to fifth grade. Oh, they ended that? Yeah. So there's like a lot of data okay. and, and research that shows like that, even though like a kid could 
be ready for that challenge, like it's important that they go through the yeah, you know, go through the steps and yeah. feel like you know community yeah. and all that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. that, that would um, be first. And I think like there's another conversation to be had about uh, school uniforms and inequity and and stuff like that. Oh, like, and I mean school uniforms, it's social clothes. control. Yeah, right. Let's be real. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know the point being that like. LBUSD sets these precedents. They're fourth largest in the state. They mm-hmm. got a lot going for them. They got sway. Mm-hmm. And the previous superintendent, um, his name was Chris Steinhauser, and he's the superintendent during our story, um, was super well-connected in Sacramento, which mm-hmm. is the capital of California. Chris became the I superintendent. Chris became, I don't know why I clarified that. I, was I like, know, you did it. I was like, yeah, was. damn, damn, dude. Um, we got to leave some. We got to leave some on the table. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. You can figure that one out. Y'all yeah. 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 know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, next time on OB Cheese Man, please, like, of all the state capitals. <laughs> yeah, right. Sacktown, bro. <laughs> Fucking Ladybird. <laughs> so Chris Steinhauser becomes superintendent in 2002 after being a life longtime teacher in the district. Um, he ends up serving as superintendent for 18 years. 18 years. That's a long time. Okay. He announced his retirement in December 2019. Very convenient. <laughs> right on time. And you the, keep implying <laughs> that they all knew about COVID. This is the second Listen, time. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying. You've implied that we have now three years out COVID's from this. Coming. And I'm like, y'all. It was like I, suspicious. suspicious. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe y'all are part of the Illuminati with Beyonce. Yeah, y'all knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all knew ahead of us before sure, we knew. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, he left officially in July 2020. <gasps> okay. Um, so, you know, well connected. He has a lot of power and sway within the school district mm. um, and just within the overall. So the point being that they have a reputation of being untouchable mm. and kind of like above the law, right? Like The superintendent? The mm-hmm. school district, the right? School district. They're like, you know, we set these precedents, we have this way. Like they they try and run the show and they're not very they collaborative really when it comes to a lot of other outside kind of community groups or even a lot of parent groups. Or even a lot of other teachers. I remember many a time my mom complaining about different school district members and stuff like that in in San Diego. Yeah. 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 I mean, it happens, right? Yeah. So this is where our heroes come in. So by the end of 2016, you know, we've had now three years of this LCFF law Mm -hmm. and these LCAP documents getting approved and not really seeing the kind of changes and the support that a lot of parents and students want to see in LBUSD. Mm. You didn't like that there was more cops? (laughs) <laughs> they weren't thrilled about that? Well, you know, actually, in a lot of the local LCAP documents, the LBUSD didn't put money towards police. Okay. What they did, they actually put money towards, like, restorative justice as, like, an alternative to punitive discipline. Okay. But, but. they put the money in the documents and then would tell people, like, oh, the money's there for the schools to use. And then the schools had no way to actually access it. So every year was like, oh, the money didn't get spent. That's cuckoo. Oh, we see people didn't need it. What? Oh, we didn't use it. That's so weird. Yeah, it's so weird. Okay. So there was a number of issues and a lot of things, you know, too much detail to go into. But, Mm -hmm. you know, um, community groups are following this. They're submitting letters, you know, about their concerns and not much is happening, right? Mm -hmm. Or at least to the point that they want to see, the change Mm -hmm. they want to see. So by the end of 2016 and after a number of these efforts, parents, students, and organizers, yours truly included, uh, smelled something funky, right? So they decided- This money isn't getting used. It's not being applied to the things they wanted to apply to. And it seems funky. Like, I don't think this is being used in the way that it's intended, the law is intended. Gotcha. Okay. So they decided to huddle together with the help of lawyers with a nonprofit law firm called Public Advocates uh, to actually dig into LBUSD's 2016 to 2019 LCAP. So the LCAP, that document that 
explains how the money is going to be used. Gotcha. It's a three-year document. So every year they have to write about over how they're going to do it for the next three years. Gotcha. So you ready for what they found? <laughs> I have a bad feeling they, about this. <laughs> they found that overall LBUSD was misallocating over 40 million of its LCFF funds Miss- on district-wide efforts like staff salaries and benefits, oh. new textbooks, and technology infrastructure instead of increasing and improving services for the high-need students in Long Beach who actually needed those funds and that they were meant for in the first yeah, place. Yeah, they wouldn't have gotten the money if those high-need students weren't there. Exactly. And so... Salaries. That's always. Sal- yeah. That's, <laughs> so specifically, it was $21.4 million for staff salaries and benefits, oh, $17 million for new textbooks, and $2.5 million for technology infrastructure. What is technology infrastructure? So, like updating certain Does equipment okay. within the district. Um, Does like, that, could you argue that that indirectly benefits the students? Oh, yeah. That's absolutely what they argue. Is that what they're arguing? Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, and that's the thing with this law is like, it's all like, oh, well, we're putting this there and, and yeah, it's helping students. It's helping. Look, they have an iPad. (laughs) It's just back and forth. Okay. Okay. But how? Well, it's helping them because they need it. Okay. Uh, But how? uh, There's a tangible, (laughs) you know, as opposed to like an after school program that would be like, right. Maybe for them. Right. Or like, say, like a tutoring program. Direct aid. Like actual things that would really help them with services. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Because remember, this law is supposed to, the money is supposed yeah. to increase and improve services for high-need students in Long Beach. I think the salary is so transparently like, I mean, hey. look, it's a tricky thing, right? Like, there's right. nuance to everything, right? Sure. And like, I want to also be super clear, like, we're hella pro-union, hella yeah. pro-teachers. Yeah. Like, teachers, just because, like... In this instance, like there's a, obviously a disagreement about whether these funds that are meant for high need students should be spent in this way, right? Right, right? It does not mean that teachers deserve to be paid less than they should right. and deserve. Pe- right. Teachers are still underpaid yeah. and undervalued in this country. But, you know, when we, and, and when it comes to this law, right, here's yeah. like the, what we're really trying to fixate on. This money pot is supposed to be used in this way to help these students, right. and it is being used just. In this, like, just right, not well. <laughs> because remember, if these high need students weren't there, the district wouldn't be getting this money in the first right, place. Right, right, exactly. So remember that fight that Daddy Torlakson had. He had a breakup earlier when he was the people was fighting like that's not how you use the money for teacher salaries. <sighs> yeah, and he yeah, stepped yeah. in and was like, "Well, here's a rule. Yeah, in this way, one way." So rather than demonstrating that LBUSD had a teacher quality problem, they acknowledged in their own LCAP document that quote. LBUSD has a high teacher retention rate for an urban school district. And then this fact is substantiated by LBUSD's already relatively high teacher salaries. So So they they literally admitted... They they were were great. They were like, hey, look... We're doing a great job of retaining teachers. We're doing a great job of retaining teachers. The one reason we would be able to give ourselves salary bonuses... Yeah. (laughs) ...would be if the opposite were true. Yeah, yeah. And they just wrote it down. And and again, going back to my point, right? Why not lie? <laughs> like, why not just lie? Honestly. So, and also to kind of drive to this point, which didn't help their case. So, yeah. during the academic year of 2014 to 2015, the average teacher salary in LBUSD was $89,000, which, you know, for what a teacher deserves, you know, Great. I think they could be making more. Sure. But 89000 is 12000 over more than both the statewide average and several urban districts with similar student populations. Gotcha. So, relatively, Relative right, to other to school districts similar, in the state. Yeah. They are LBUSD's teachers are pay, being paid more, right? Mm. So again, going back to what Daddy Torlakson said, sure. you have to have a demonstrated need and difficulty, and that's not the case. That ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. Oh right? man. 
So as you can imagine, a lot of parents and young people were upset, right? Uh, yeah. And so with the guidance of the lawyers and public advocates, this mix of people learned about what's called the Uniform Complaint Procedure, or UCP for short. Okay. Throwing a lot of words at you. Yeah. But, you know, remember UCP. UCP. <laughs> UCP. <laughs> so instead of jumping straight into like a lawsuit through the court system, filing a UCP complaint follows an administrative procedure through the public education system. Mm-hmm. So specifically like a local school district and then yeah. their county office of education. And then if needed, if like people can't agree, it goes to the California Department of Education. Okay. So a UC complaint, a UCP complaint still requires like complainants, like people who sign on to like a, you know, like, hey, I'm suing this person. Gotcha. Right. So like people or organizations and they still need a legal basis of what you're challenging. Right. Mm. It has to be like, oh, I don't like this. Like, no, it has to be like show where this like law is being broken. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's not going to go to like a court, right? It's not going to sure. be in front of a judge sure, or something sure. like that. It's up to these different educational agencies. So based on the evidence and after a lot, I mean, a lot, a lot of planning, yeah. negotiating and will building, a smaller group agrees to finally file an official UCP complaint in April 2017. And that alleges that over $40 million in LCFF funds mm. were being misspent. Yeah, You know, and this is like, um, I want to talk a little bit about who filed this complaint too, because like, it's a tough process and it was a really emotionally difficult and like just Mm. strategically challenging time. Like, think about it. You're signing onto something, whether it's a lawsuit or not, right? You're putting your name out there. You are now becoming the public face of this. And you're taking, like, even though there's, like, protections, you know, quote, unquote, for retaliation, like, we know that stuff still happens. Yeah, Right? There's just, like, it happens on so many layers. Like, what could the legal system protect you from? Yeah. And so it's a huge, huge risk to mm. actually like sign your name on this. And mm. I think, you know, there were a lot of conversations I remember having with individuals and organizations about like, hey, like, this is like a real, this is a real deal. Like, it will change your relationship with other people, right? Mm. With people in the school district, yeah. right? Like, and for some of these parents who are like, these, this is the school district that is taking care of educating my children. Like, this is huge, uh. right? Like, it's a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, there were organizations that were, like, at the table from the beginning who ended up, like, dipping because they were like, hey, we don't want to hurt our relationship with the school district. Yeah. Which was, like, really difficult to hear. And, you know, like, strategy is strategy. Like, there's always going to be, you know, people who make those calls. But, like, this is, I don't want to underestimate and understate how, like, difficult and courageous of a thing this is. To go against the school district, I feel like that's pretty ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> so this complaint gets filed in April 2017. Mm-hmm. The complainants include Marina Roman Sanchez and Maria Guadalupe Luna, who are two parents of low-income and English la- learner students who mm-hmm. attend public school in OBUSD. Okay. Fierce, amazing women sure. who are just amazing parent organizers. It also, the complainant also includes two organizations, the Children's Defense Fund California, which is a part of the Children's Defense Fund, a national child advocacy organization. And then CDF, they champion like policies and programs that lift children out of poverty, focus on like health coverage and quality education. Okay. And then the second organization is Latinos in Action California, which is a community-based organization whose mission is to fortify and enrich the lives of families, individuals, seniors, and young people. Um, They're based here in Long Beach. And so together, Marina, uh, Maria Guadalupe, CDF, and Latinos in Actions all sign on to this complaint as the official complainants. Okay. 
You know, so like I said, it's a big deal because you're taking a stand. Yeah. Facing potential retaliation. Absolutely. But, you know, also in doing so, they're like exercising their legal rights under the education code to yeah, use man. this process and seek a resolution. And I think I think the fact that it was so blatantly like spelled out that that's what they were doing and it just took looking at the their report. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah. It just showed that they didn't think anyone was going to challenge it. Yeah. Before we go on, I will say in the wings of this, although not signed on officially to the complaint, mm -hmm. um, but supporting the entire effort uh, were public advocates, the nonprofit law firm I mentioned earlier, and then Morgan Lewis, a law firm providing pro bono legal support, mm -hmm. and another organization called Building Healthy Communities Long Beach. Hey. Um, hey. Hey. Which is now known as Long Beach Forward. Hey. And so that's why myself and my colleagues were there yeah. um, and providing organizing and communications support strategy. I basically fought a bunch of reporters in the school district. It was fantastic. I loved you it. You fought a bunch of reporters? I like, fought with editorial words. Whoa, okay. <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get okay, into okay, it. Okay, okay, um, okay. But that's what we did. We're the scrappy crew that kind of yeah. went after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. And I remember, you know, when we did the press conference for this, like, we were able to get a lot of regional media in L.A. because, like, this was a big deal. Like, you're now, one, you're filing in this process that, like, a lot of people haven't done because yeah. this is a new law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, it's LBUSD. Yeah. It, one of America's best urban school districts? How could this be happening? <laughs> it says so right there on the pamphlet. It says right there on their it, building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one of the best. Top 20. So... Top 20. <laughs> So the UCP gets filed. We hold the press conference in front of uh, Washington Middle School in the Washington neighborhood. Um, press comes from all over the region to cover it. Um, and this also begins a legal ticker. So per the law, legal LBUS ticker? the legal ticker, what? LBUSD legally has to respond in 60 days with their official response. Oh, shit. So as a filing, you now have 60 days. You have to provide a response. Otherwise, you open yourself up to an actual lawsuit. Oh, that's tight. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> it's not like you could drag your feet on forever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so tell me what they said on day 59. <laughs> so their first response off paper, Oh, they laughed. Oh, God. <laughs> cool. They laughed. Um, How do you know that? How we heard you? a lot through the grapevine. Whoa. And a reporter friend of ours, as we were trying to get stories and yeah, coverage yeah, 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 of yeah. filing it, a reporter... Yeah. Uh, communicated with us and told us that, oh, I talked to Steinhauser, who's the superintendent. Yeah. Um, and he said he's, quote, not surprised. Um, and he provides, uh, Steinhauser goes on to provide the reporter with a bunch of reasons that are not listed in the public document, which is convenient, mm -hmm. um, to basically say, no, of course all of this is legal and this is how it helps students. And, That's fucking gross. You know, and he says, if, yeah. they, if we were to provide that level of detail, the LCAP document would be a thousand pages long. <laughs> Then make it a thousand pages, bitch. <laughs> it's a fucking three-year document. I don't know. Do your homework? I don't know, dude. Per the law? I make it a thousand know. pages long. Damn. Like Publicly. <laughs> that was privately. That yeah. was the private part, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Publicly, the district speaks through Chris Effichu, who's the uh, public relations, like, main public information person for yeah. the district. Yeah, 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 District spokesperson. So he begins attacking the character of the complainants and public advocates. Oh, and good. he goes on record, puts out a, a press statement, gets picked up by a lot of local media, this saying... This will be good. This will be good. Saying, quote, At what point do such complaints become an attempted end run around local control when large law firms from well beyond Long Beach continue to assert their vision of how we should be serving our local students? When Governor Jerry Brown successfully pushed for local control of spending in our public schools he wanted exactly what long beach is doing it's exactly it's just <laughs> like you people to point out my crimes 
with your big city lawyers pointing out all the crimes I'm doing. Which cracks me up because there's so many, like there's so many times there are people in power in Long Beach will be like, we don't want these big city people to come. I'm like, girl, have you looked at Long Beach? We got mass poverty. What do you think? Do you think we're still a small town? Girl, really? half a million. Like, get the, yeah. fill, the feel right? But like, you don't understand. Listen, those 40 million. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 small time money. <laughs> Child's play. Jump, jumps yeah. change. Listen, yeah. do you care if you lose a twenty dollar bill in your pocket? I sure don't. And that's what forty million is. It's the same. <laughs> so Chris and I, we go, we go back because we constantly fight back and forth in the media and just like I'll have reporters. You guys like, fight because it's like dueling display. Narratives, right? So <laughs> I understand that like you, this is a very personal story for you. Yeah. You literally like, you're like, he gives a public statement shitting all over you guys. You give a public statement back. And what is that? Our public. Uh, What's your back and forth? Like our public statement was an entire 40, a 40 million complaint. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what it was. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I mean, so I'm I trying mean, to understand. Yeah. No, the point being right. Like LBOC looked at this and they're like, this is ain't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Right. Like they're this not is scared. a joke. Yeah, yeah. They're not scared because they're, they're, they have a reputation. They're well connected yeah. and they think, you know, boo hoo hoo. You want your money. <laughs> right. And I think also like, you know, just to give people an idea, I think it's worth pointing out that Chris, like, this is not his only role to be a district spokesperson. No. So Chris is also, um, as of 2021, apparently currently still, uh, on the board of the Long Beach Education Foundation, which is a separate nonprofit arm of oh, LBUSD tight. that raises private money because obviously public funding is not sufficient enough, sure. right? Okay. So, sure. you know, and there's a lot of, I mean, the, the libraries have this, the parks have it in Long Beach, which is like, you know, like cool, but also like they shouldn't have to exist in the first place yes. because they yeah. should be funded adequately to meet their needs yeah. right no it's very yeah look, because, look how great this band-aid is right you know and like, the reality yeah. of this kind of setup right which is also makes it really egregious when you think about the people who are like have power in the district or also have power in these private rooms yeah now we have these private dollars are coming in now we have these private interests that are going to be controlling education in some right. capacity we we're have, supposed to have public education <laughs> right we have this long beach education foundation as a separate nonprofit, so wealthy people instead of actually just paying their taxes can just get tax write-offs yeah which is yeah. Going no. back to Prop 13, right? Yeah, yeah, like it's just all the nonprofit industrial complex, right? Right. That's what we're right. doing. So, oh, man, why don't we just send the kids back to the mines? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. The kids, the children yearn for the mines. Right, right. So they laugh, right? District yeah. laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Publicly, they're like, they use out of towners, like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> okay. So the district's lawyer, um, Brent North, uh, mm -hmm. they, the district has like outside legal counsel who they come in and do all their legal matters. Yeah. So they like contract out, right? Yeah. So he says, hey, we're going to need an extension past that 60 days. This is pretty complex. <laughs> So we're like, okay, you know, obviously, like, there was really much that we could do at this point. And so we yeah, just kind of waited. Yeah, sure. Eventually, after 120 days, <laughs> so twice the length. Twice the length, yeah. We were being nice. Yeah. The district responds with a 33-page official response in August 2017, deciding, 30. quote, this was their response, the complaint is unfounded and is denied, end quote. 33 pages? Yeah, there was a lot of justification, but that was their conclusion. Oh, okay. was gotcha. That was a cover line. The complaint is unfounded and is denied. Oh, cool. So they said their justification was that we followed all the legal and regulatory framework and our interpretation is sound and Bonini's paradox. None of us could possibly ever understand this, including you. 
the paradox? The 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 thing of like the salary thing? Like So they literally this is I'm reading verbatim from their decision. Okay. So quote, this difficulty is captured in Bonini's paradox, which has been described as follows. As a model of a complex system becomes more complete, it becomes less understandable. Shut Alternatively, up. as a model Shut grows up. more realistic, it also becomes just as difficult to Let's understand as the real world processes it shut represents. Up. There's a reason, still reading quote verbatim, there's a reason no one ever sees a map with a one-to-one scale. It might achieve accuracy, but would abandon all utility being too detailed, large, and unwieldy to use for navigation. This is like arguing with a, just a pedantic Reddit, Redditor, you know, like I just fucking, it's so... That is they. They're, That's like go touch grass, yo. Yo, that is that is a philosophy teacher ass answer for like some <laughs> shit that's not like you use the money wrong, like you know. <laughs> like, I just of all the people who had to sign off on this, I wanted I the thought process of when he read that, I was like, yeah, it sounds right. That was oh, wild. Too, our responses, it's just too complicated for you. Listen, you and me to understand. That would never hold water in a court, right? Like you can't just be like you can't just be like, hey, listen, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I really, it, it's a head scratcher for it's me. It's crazy, dude. It's, sometimes you put money towards iPads, sometimes you put it towards a uh, child program. Who knows? School. A yeah. bilingual drug sniffing dog. But right? yeah, it's the same. <laughs> who knows? It's who too knows? Complex. Honestly, you give us money and we don't know what happens, yeah. you know? Yeah. I could put it into the plumbing, I could put it into the TV. <laughs> I don't even know. Next time I don't understand shit, I'm like, it's giving Bonini. It's like, giving Bonini, dude. <laughs> It's giving Bonini. So you might think this would be the end of the story that we lost. They denied it. Bonini's paradox. I fucking hope not, dog. Fortunately for justice, <laughs> the complainants simultaneously filed an identical UCP complaint in Sick. April 2017, the same month, okay. with the Los Angeles County Office of Education, oh. which remember, this is the public agency that oversees OBUSD oh. and has to approve oh. or deny their LCAP plans and The reports. bigger boys. The, the bigger, bigger boys. boys. These are the bigger boys, right? Oh, oh. So, you gotta like the older brother. You can't Bonini like, your way out of this one, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, now that LBOC's response was a crapshoot, right? Yeah. Um, in the past, there had been a little bit of a precedent for the LA County office, or LACO for short. Mm-hmm. LACO had required LBUSD to revise parts of their plans based on community concerns, but never to the degree that people wanted, right? Sure. So there was already some kind of like, okay, like they could potentially do something, even though LBUSD was like, that's cute. Right. Mm. So LACO was waiting for LBUSD to make their decision. Yeah. And now that LBUSD had decided you're denied and it's unfounded, mm. LACO could finally release their decision. So Ooh. a month, only a month later in September 2017, LACO actually comes out and said, okay, wait, have several seats because <laughs> like that's not necessarily what yeah. y'all should have been doing. Yeah. So they actually reviewed the complaint and the response. And they find that LBUSD misspent $24 million intended Ooh. for high-need students and ordered Ooh. the school district to make significant adjustments to its spending plan in the same school year. Like, wow. not even wait, like, do it now. The hammer came down. Do it now. Damn. So, $24 million misspent. They're this like, was huge. Yeah. 
Huge. This So while the California Department of Education had ordered school districts to correct their spending in the past, yeah. this was the very first time that a county office of education ever found that a local district improperly credited itself as having spent funds for high-need students. Wow. And then actually like told the district, you got to fix the error by actually not just fixing it now, but increase expenditures to high-need students in the sub- subsequent years. That's wild that it worked it was, out that way. Yeah. I mean, like, they got you know. They with their pants down, dude. They they're, got they're handing the fucking on. cookie you're still crying Benini now? Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, it was wild. Like, is, yeah. And I, unprecedented, it sounds like. Yeah, like, historic. Like, yeah. it never happened before, right? Wow. So, um, Big uh, Brother LA saved the day. <laughs> yeah. Marina Sanchez, one of the parent complainants, was quoted as saying, quote, Finally, Long Beach Unified is being held accountable to fully meet its obligation to help high-need students. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, you know... It's amazing. So exactly what did they say, right? They yeah. were like, have several seats. Y'all fucked this up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 24 million. So remember, the original complaint was 40 million, right? right? So Laco comes back and says, well, it's 24 million that they absolutely misspent. Yeah, right? they were like, some of this we could justify, some right. of this we can't. Yeah. So what they said is that LBUSD did not justify how 17 million uh, of funds generated by high, these high-need students mm-hmm. um, were spent on textbooks and materials, and $7 million on teacher salaries was used to grow services for low-income English language learners and foster youth students. Mm. Laco determined that despite given the opportunity, LBUSD could not provide a satisfactory explanation for its assertion that basic textbook purchases mm. were principally directed to benefit high-need students, mm. and that they concluded the $24 million in textbook and salary costs just shouldn't have been included. That's so satisfying. To, right? to understand that, like, they tried to put out this bullshit answer and not even this within the same month. And also to say that you had the opportunity. It's yeah. not that just like you just didn't you had, do you, it. You had 120 like, days. <laughs> yeah. You had, you had ample time yeah. to say how this all came together. Right. And, you know, like, you can't help but think about, like, dang, they were really riding an ego high of, like, nothing's going to happen to us. They literally laughed. To be able to laugh and yeah. then tell people, like, Oh, it's just you couldn't understand that detail. To yeah. tell that to reporters? Oh to then go publicly saying, like, these big long- you, to To be like, it's so complicated, you don't even know. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's like, such a not answer. That's not acceptable, dude. <laughs> Major big brother energy coming in and be like, actually, it's really not that complicated. Like, you just uh, didn't do it. Oh, you didn't do it. Oh, man. So, Laco disagreed with the community groups about the $14.5 million for classified staff salaries and mm, benefits since mm. they went to, like, differentiated services, okay. like instructional aides. Sure. But what they did say is that, like, look, you know, there's a case on potentially some of the things that we disagreed on. It's up to people's interpretation. And yeah. so, you know, behind – in like, outside of the public realm, it was like, look – you could basically play your chances if you appeal to the state. Like they yeah. might actually agree with they you. They might agree with you. But you these know? are the things that for sure, for, for sure, sure, for sure are absolutely not acceptable ways to spend that money. Right. Okay. Right. So I mean, this is huge. Twenty-four million misspent. Like LBUSD's got their like you know tail between their legs. Yeah, like, dude, I fucking hope so. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's like, oh, like in the education world, everyone's yeah. like, whoa, like this is a huge. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll include in the show notes all the press that came out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just like, oh, like this is like huge. I remember of, vaguely hearing about this. Yeah, that's all I know about it. Yeah. Right. You know, and honestly, like, there's not if you like go onto there's the website or anything like that, the district. There's not a lot of talk about this because yeah, why would they? Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> No, like it's just a big it, memoriam page. Remember when we fucked up? Yeah, like fast forward, like yeah. even our more recent stuff. I, 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 it blows my mind how many people have forgotten about all of this. So mm. I'm really glad we're making this podcast. Yeah, and, you know, lift it up. Um, 
So, you know, after much huddling and discussions, the complainants, they needed to make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, now here's the ruling that $24 million is misspent. Mm-hmm. There's a potential to appeal to the to Daddy Torlakson in the state, right? <laughs> and say, like, hey, actually, like, we think more is being misspent, sure. right? Like, yeah, $24 yeah. Million out of $40 million? Like yeah. half. Right? That's, yeah. You sure. a lot of money. Do, that's, that's a lot it's, of money. It is like half. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they could settle, but with like the politics, uh, you got to weigh like, is it the politics? Will the district work with us? Right. right? Like there's all these calculations. Is it worth that out. hill that it's going to be yeah. climbed? Right. The state? Like, do you have the money for the lawyers and shit? Right. I mean, obviously like, well, the, all the, this is pro bono. Like it's a public, sure. public advocates. They're still, like, you know, I mean, to be a parent and being like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. emotional, yeah. mental, just, it's taxing. It's, it's a not, lot. It's not fun. Right, right. So there's a lot of conversations, and ultimately the four complainants decide to actually appeal to the California Department of Education. Wow. And they send in their official appeal with LACO's decision, basically saying, like, we think more is being misspent. Yeah. Immediately, the California Department of Education turns around and says, yeah, we're going to need more time with this than 60 days. <laughs> So this immediately sets for like a statewide precedent, right? Because wow. like, oh, like everybody now every is watching. Might be like, everybody yeah, is watching yeah, yeah. LBUSD. Everybody yes, is watching LACO, yes, and yes, everybody yeah. is watching the California Department of Education. How does this decision go down? <laughs> what does it look like? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, which is like, okay, think about it. Like this is like secession style, right? Like <laughs> how? you're in like <laughs> when, how? Well, because you're like now like okay, like they actually made the move. Yeah. Like I think people kind of thought like, oh, they're not going to appeal. They're you not going to appeal. It's really hard. You got you already got them in one way right. but they're like no they're and doubling like the, down the school district one thing I forgot to mention earlier is like the school district had this like reputation of like we don't negotiate with people it's like our way and that's it right yeah. so it was just like nobody was like the district's not going to want to work with us right yeah. especially after we did this whole complaint and made history with them right yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was like you know but now to actually think like wait it could if the the calculation for the school district is like if the state comes around and says hey you actually misspent more money mm-hmm. Goodbye to all of your squeaky clean reputation, yeah, right? Like, you don't want that to yeah, happen. Dude. And now there's the potential that that might actually happen. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> finally, this was all in... Um, this is satisfying. Yeah. Like, so I don't this know. Is October, this is all October 2017. Okay. They finally decide to appeal to the California Department of Education. Mm-hmm. Before the California Department can come back, they obviously got their extension of 60 days because they're like, we absolutely got any more time on this. Sure. Somewhere, for some reason that even I don't know, the group gets a call from the school district saying, we want a settlement. Whoa. They they were just like, don't take it to court. We'll give you whatever you let's, want. Let's not. I don't want to shake the if tree. If we can reach a settlement, <laughs> then that means the California Department of Education oh, doesn't have to give yep. a decision. Yep. And we could tell them, hey, we all made up. Yeah, and we're it's now. fine. We're good. It's fine. We're good. <laughs> we're good, dude. Here's your money. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. We didn't do anything. So, yeah. But which, we, you know, yeah. Which just like, you know, everybody just collectively like, holy crap, like we're getting the district to come to the table. I mean, I think to think about that, right? Like you are. Here you are. That's got to be ri- that phone call. Parents. Oh, that, fo- <laughs> that phone call. So, oh, was that? Was that? You want to settle it? Hold on, hold on. It puts it on speaker. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that must have been satisfying. Yeah. Oh, I mean, to actually God. then get this huge institution that feels and felt untouchable and Absolutely. laughed at you. Literally laughed at you. So now you, we want to come to the table. I am begging you to come to the table. Please. <laughs> Please, Mr. Parents. Please. <laughs> Please. Oh my God, dude. Um, 
So, as you can imagine, a lot of back and forth, yeah. a lot of negotiating, yeah. a lot of hard, yeah. you know, decisions. And yeah. by May 2018, so mm. full remember, this was all several months. Several October months. So by May 2018, May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we finally get a settlement. And over the next three years, the settlement that the the parents, organizations, and LBSD reach provided additional funding for enhanced mental health and social emotional services, wow. as well as extended tutoring in math and English language arts to 30 of the district's highest need schools. That's so a, again, not blanket, yeah. targeted to the highest so need schools. That is... So like specifically, we're talking counselors, family resource centers that were open not during not just during school, but also during non-school hours. Yeah. Um, and then math and English tutoring for those specific students. Because you had the fucking money. So you had the money. You had and the money. You directly and principally spend the money on those students oh, to provide counseling and mental health services and tutoring and access for students and their parents. Yeah. Right, like it's it's not rocket That's science. That's so satisfying. In addition, hear. the the settlement also included. <laughs> we never have a good news story. <laughs> in addition, the settlement also included improved like community engagement in the LCAP development and monitoring. Mm, which, mm. So, like it it specifically called for community forums co-hosted with the complainants yeah. and to engage the community and review yeah. LCAP data and planning, and then actually like get community and parent God. input on the LCAP. And every year, you get the Pie the superintendent with a <laughs> whipped cream pie in the face. I got cut out after the third draft. <laughs> oh, but, you know, I, know, I know. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Guadalupe, uh, one of the complainants, was quoted saying, I'm inspired by the parents and groups who have helped us arrive at this agreement, and I hope even more parents and students get involved with decision-making at schools. Yeah. I hope this motivates parents and students to advocate for the services they need in their specific schools. Um, Marina, the other parent, was quoted saying, This is not the end. It is the beginning for all of our families who need help in receiving appropriate services. That's so satisfying. Yeah. God damn. So I would watch that movie. I would watch that movie. Yeah. Dude. Or a little yeah. mini doc or whatever. It's, you know, I mean, like, and it, like I said, it was huge because, like, the district doesn't have this precedent of negotiating, of like, yeah. doing this. I mean, they don't give you the fucking time of day. It took this complaint. Yes. And an appeal, like a, a, another LA, complaint, and LA then an County appeal, coming in, and then a yeah. settle, like, and then to the just state? get this to happen, oh, right? God. Like, I mean, it's it's really, this was like one of my favorite stories to tell because it really like, you know, I remember being in the beginning of it and I was like, yeah, this is a hard decision. And I was like, yeah, no, we absolutely should be part of it and it should happen. Mm -hmm. But there's also the calculus of like, yeah. I actually don't know that we're going to win. Right. You absolutely like, you had, don't know. You had every reason to be like, this could just hurt us and be a uh, fun suck. And yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's the right thing, but is it the smart thing or right. whatever? Right. But the fact that the whole, God, they, they stuck to it. Yeah. They still held you know, their ground. And I'll say like, it's not, you know, it's not perfect. It's no. not the end, right? Yeah, like no. there's obviously still need. And now there will never still... be any corruption ever again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mind you, this was like all settled in, in 2018. So obviously like the pandemic has like done a huge number too, yeah. right? Yeah, so it's yeah, just yeah. like, you know, obviously there's still work to be done, but I think in this moment in time, like it was a huge deal. Like yeah. there were resources that were didn't exist before for right. high need students. Sure. Who, Absolutely could have benefited and like, who knows, like could have been life-changing, right? Potential to be life-changing. It's huge. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. So, so let's talk about some takeaways. The takeaways? Let's take away. So uh, one of the things that there's been now, this was like all started in 2013. So there's been some good data and reports around like, okay, so this LCFF law, like it's easy to look at this and be like, look how fucked up it is, right? Mm. But like people are like, well, wait. 
did it actually do some good, right? Yeah, is sure. it doing some good? Sure, sure. Overall, the uh, consensus is that there is more equitable student spending across the state because of this law, okay. right? And I think like that's super fair to say. Like we are now money coming in specifically for high need students, whereas yes. before it was just like you're a number, you're a seat, right? Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. You know, a student who is you know a foster youth or um, is still learning English, right. right? Or just like coming from a a, a poor household, right? Yeah. Like you don't have the same resources. Having a having a third, state, you know, you're talking about after school programs and yeah. like the services and stuff like. That, that are beyond school hours like that's already huge right like, right that's incredibly huge you know and there are like some really good possible reforms that a lot of like policy folks have been floating with the legislature and they've been looking to do things like revisiting and refining the funding formula helping modernize funding for students with disabilities so mm. that was like a big thing of like oh you know students with disabilities have like a lot of needs and like yeah. they should be included in some of these formulas sure. which is like super legit yeah, like, yeah absolutely yeah. they should you know thinking about like how to equitably distribute effective teachers like mm. lbusd was in this instance like but not every school district is like that so right. school districts actually genuinely struggle they need teacher retention with like teacher, yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that's like a genuine thing but also like talking about how could we strengthen transparency engagement and accountability through this right so mm. it's like you know it's also important even though this was like oh look at this policy how it's like effed up in this way like mm. that's important to know right of like hey here's how we could still strengthen it to make it better sure but you know i think also like this story i love telling this story because like the power of an organizing strategy is like really important like knowing yeah. what's at stake right like we talked about like how if you're going to sign on to something like there's risk involved yeah right? like, people are going to look at you differently yeah. because of it um when you speak out in this way mm. but also like doing that groundwork and being realistic about those outcomes like mm. you know there was a lot of work to really educate parents about what's going on and sure. young people and then also like pair that with like people who are super fucking knowledgeable about education law mm. like you know the lawyers at public advocates and morgan lewis like this wouldn't have gotten far without their help right right like yeah. i don't necessarily understand all this stuff yeah let alone how to so many of us and you know if you, even if you don't have a college degree right mm -hmm. and it just reminds me that like everybody has a role in the movement right like that's real like if we want to see mass change we need a mass movement that's a real coalition yeah mm. whether you're a, a policy nerd or a law a, a law a law person a, a lawyer law <laughs> But I'm law oh, guys, you know, or, you know, or Stefan, like everybody yeah, has a role, yeah, right? yeah, 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 or a dumb guy on a podcast, <laughs> or a dumb guy on a podcast. That's me. You know, I also think about just some people talking about this law because I think I did have a lot of people be like, "See, that's why like public education there's all these problems." Ugh. It's just like that's not yeah, no dude. one that ain't it. Yeah, you know, but also like justice is always going to be ongoing work beyond yeah. laws and implementation, right? Yeah. Like it constantly, you need to monitor, you need to follow this stuff. You know, and I think that, like, especially I'm thinking about Abbott Elementary and all these mm -hmm. issues, like... Charter schools, it, we can say it. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's this thing of, like, I don't know how you look at that story of misallocation of funds and think, you know what the real solution to this? It's if the guy who owns Walmart also had a school. <laughs> like, <you know>? Honestly. <laughs> like, how is that? I haven't heard it put that way, but that's 100% yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's what it is. And it's, like, his interests are going to be, your textbooks are going to be funky and all that yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, it's how is that not... I don't know. Right. To and, be like, I want accountability. Like, girl, you ain't going to get that from a charter school. You're not going to get it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I think that's really important. And that means, like, people have to be engaged, right? Mm. Like, even in public education, even in a charter school, right? Mm. Like, that's, you got to be be able to be involved and engaged in that way. You know, the thing I do wonder, you kind of mentioned this, is like, what does it say about these administrators in the district who, like, allowed all of this? And, yeah. like, 
Why do their arms need to be twisted so much to get all this done, you know? It's power, man. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's, you get this this proximity to power and then a mindset. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons, right? Like, yeah. There's always a multitude. I think so. I think it is It is power. I think there's that. I think, you know, it's all, and it's also, you got to remember bureaucracies, like mm. they're people, right? Yeah. Like I'm a pro-government person. Sure. So I'm like, yeah, no, we do need that. And remember at the end of the day, it's people inside them yeah. making these decisions, right? Yeah. Like you could target people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and get to know who they are and understand their motivations. Yeah. Cause like when somebody flat out is like, oh, I don't believe in equity, then like, okay, we have fundamental different <laughs> ways that we look at the world. Yeah. How are we going to meet in the middle here? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, you used to do a lot of songs about this where you talk about like, there's like, it's the both sides, but I'm like, okay, yeah, but at a nah, point, nah. At a point, there's fascists, nah, right? Yeah, at a point. And there's a very different about view about like how we should be fucking funding yeah. and like just building and structuring our society. If you fundamentally think that people who there are inherently worth less than other people, yeah, then we're not. There's nothing to meet at. You right. know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know? right. And this it does remind me too. Like Long Beach is always like Susie Price does stuff all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, I don't. I'm not favoring anybody out. I'm treating everybody equal and the mm-hmm. colorblindness, right? Yeah. Like it's like why. Are we still there at this yeah, point in society. Dude. Like we moved past that. Listen, I figured that out in 2011 on Tumblr. Okay, if you can't, <laughs> if you can't catch up to 20 2011 Tumblr politics, I can't help you, man. If you can't catch yourself up, how the hell are you gonna catch somebody <laughs> else up? <laughs> I have a real feel like that. There's sometimes when I talk to people or see like talking points, and I'm like, I learned that when I was 20 or 18. Yeah. And kids are learning it now when they're fucking 14. Oh, and I know. 15. Dude. Yeah. Like you can't. Catch the fuck up, dude. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Have I told you? So I, I, in my day job, I go and present to this, um, uh, to this uh, program called Leadership Long Beach, and mm. they have like several leadership programs. And every time I open my presentation, I'm talking about like what are some of the social problems in Long Beach, mm-hmm. and like what are the causes. Yeah. And the adults always, um, they're always like, oh, you know, like you know, money. People don't have a lot of money, or like people just aren't knowledgeable. Yeah. Like there's not people don't know about the resources don't that are know available. What's there? Do you? I went and presented to a group of high school, the class of high school kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, you know, climate change, like poverty, homelessness, and I was like, what's the cause and this girl in, in the front row like raised her hand just dead ass looks at me she's like capitalism like the doy <laughs> duh like i'm i'm the stupid one like duh it's yeah, capitalism. yeah and i was like well i'm done here because y'all get it it's- <laughs> I don't know. We hope we hope for the best, right? We hope for the best. We yeah, the kids, kids are all right. Yeah, it's it's they're all right. It's like for every kid that's like really like I said before, every kid that's like yeah, capitalism is the problem. There's another one who's like an incel. You yeah, know? Fair, <laughs> like there's, a, there's there's the pendulum swings both ways. I did with yes, this you're generation. Right. I did once have a middle schooler fight me on the uh, railway that we talked about in the past because they were like yeah, because it got defeated by a bunch of community groups because they're like it's gonna pollute the air more. And then the this r- kid was like, yeah, but jobs. And I was like, <laughs> who are you? Who is your dad? <laughs> he's like, he's a little Federalist. He's <laughs> an Ayn Rand t-shirt. Listen, listen. <laughs> so yeah, funny. you're fair. Yeah, you're yeah, fair. yeah. No, it swings both ways. But overall, like, I think I really want to echo, you know, one of the quotes from Marina, which is just like, 
parents got to get engaged. People got to get engaged. Like that is like the biggest thing for us to ensure that stuff like this doesn't happen in the future, right? Mm -hmm. Or if it does, then we're ready to like jump into action. Mm -hmm. So I really want to encourage folks, if you're interested in this, get connected with Children's Defense Fund California, Latinos in Action California. You can look them up on social media. I'll include them in the show notes. Public Advocates also is a great organization if you're really interested in more like legal advocacy. They do a lot of stuff up and down the state. Um, Amazing, amazing folks. Mad respect for them. Um, So really encourage folks to get involved and check it out, especially... We got to do more episodes on education. This is fun. This was intense. And it was, was nice to have a story where like, oh, we, that Good difference yeah. was tangibly made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, hard. It's hard. That's hard work. It was halfway, a hard struggle too. Halfway home, but a long way to go. Yeah. That's what they say, right? Yep. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us at LBTSman on Instagram and Long Beach Cheeseman on Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, or follow-ups yourself, you can message us at those socials or at LBTSman at gmail.com. Long Beach Cheeseman is brought to you in collaboration with Forth.org, a home for Long Beach grassroots art and media. If you're interested in supporting watchdog journalism Imas, you can donate to Forth via Patreon at patreon.com slash F-O-R-T-H-E-L-B-C. I've been Daniel Spear. And I've been sweaty. <laughs> I'm sweaty too. <laughs> stay queer and stay radical. Bye. Um, bye. Bye. <laughs>